Well, hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brace, and it's showtime here in Berks County with our show, The Watchman, folks. The Watchman on the Wall watches out for danger and turmoil as it lies ahead. The risks that lie, that lie ahead from, from incompetent leadership in Washington and in Harrisburg, as well as anywhere else we see it, we call it out. And we call it out in a perspective and a way uh, that you folks all seem to to latch on to and, and connect with. And we do it, folks, very quickly at the speed of sound. Oftentimes, we shift gears from topic to topic. And we do that sometimes uh, very quickly. And so you might, if you're new to the show, you might want to just get yourself in a place where, if necessary, you can get a good hold to prevent yourself from getting whiplash while we switch from topic to topic sometimes. But anyway, folks, thanks for being with us as we jump right into it. We've got some uh, things to talk about today. I want to talk about the Trump poll where he's topping uh, old Biden and widening his lead over the over the Republican field as well as the failed presidency of old Biden and his, and his minions and the green cretins and everybody else. I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about why. Why is it? America, why is America rejecting O'Biden? We're going to get into that in the 30 minutes here and maybe some more. So let's jump right into it. Folks, America seems to be rejecting O'Biden. Why is that? Why are Americans rejecting O'Biden and his plan and the Green Cretan plan of, of, our, of, of, of basically killing the energy production in this country and putting us at, um, you know, in a place where we're where we have colder houses in the winter and warmer houses in the summer, ineffective, inefficient travel, more expensive pursuit of of, of happiness and a cost of living. Why, why are Americans rejecting O'Biden? You know, O'Biden's ratings in a poll that was out recently showed about 38%. I, I argue that poll, that was among registered voters. I think his uh, ratings are likely more like 33% or 34% or 32%. I think there's some ardent, tree-hugging Democrats that are okay with them, no matter what happens to the economy. And then you've got some other uh, people that uh, just don't see the perspectives we see, okay, like the insane public policies that are out there. But I think Americans are starting to realize all Biden's incompetency is on full display every day. Every time that guy gets out of the news, people see it. People recognize what a failed leader is when they see one. You know, it doesn't take much to recognize. I mean, the man looks tired and you know, it's interesting. I mean, he, he he's like an 83 going on like 103. I mean, he walks around like, well, we've all seen our grandparents when they got to a point, our parents, some of them, depending on how old we are, but we've seen them when they got to the point where they were barely moving or they shuffled across the floor or they, they lost track of things. They couldn't, they couldn't turn their heads quickly. They couldn't register what they seen quickly. In other words, they didn't, they didn't process in their brain quickly enough. So they might Shuffle their shuffle their 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 attention to something, and they'd have to sit there for a minute to process it before they would understand it. We all understand what that looks like an an unresponsive um, older person who's who's slow to reaction and slow to move. Okay, unsure about their steps and whatnot. This is what we see with Obiden every day. We just saw the man in Vietnam, and we watched him go incoherent on the stage there, and I mean literally yelling at reporters that he's not going to take questions and having to be rescued by his own press people, okay, having to get him off the stage, it's really embarrassing. And, of course, you know, not answering the questions. But, you know, you got to look at it. Like, let's look at his energy secretary, okay, 
um, you know, look at the fact that she is out there. Uh, you know, she doesn't have an energy plan. There is no energy plan. So the energy secretary, I mean, there is no, there is no plan for energy. I mean, what, what, so why is it that, uh, why does Jennifer Granholm, why can't she come up with a, a, a cohesive plan to, to increase and preserve energy in this country? What is their energy policy? Well, Jennifer Granholm and Joe Biden have no policy. Their policy is electric cars. Their policy is to cut energy production in the state and allow the cost of a barrel of crude to go to $95 a, a gallon. That's what a, a barrel, that is what their plan is. As a barrel of crude goes up to $95 a barrel, it makes electric cars a little bit more plausible and people see it more as affordable. When the cost of a, the cost of a gallon of fuel at $455 a gallon, that, that makes it a car, even though the car is getting 35 miles per gallon, you can do the math. I mean, if it's $5 a gallon and you're getting 35 miles on a gallon, well, then you can do the math on what it costs, you know, what it costs per, per mile. Okay. I mean, literally, you're talking about 17, 18 cents a mile to drive the car. Okay, what does an electric car cost to drive? Okay, well, electric car cost to drive is, uh, you know, about the same. Okay, so maybe a little more. So it just makes the, because when you look at electric car, and I'm not, I'm not sure because I haven't had all those cost factors and a- analyzed, but an electric car costs, costs a certain amount of money, amount of money to, to operate. And once the gas car gets close to that and comparatively close to that, it makes it so that people that can make the, affo- the, the, the the affordable jump, if you will, to the electric car do so. When you listen to people that buy electric cars and listen to their biggest complaints, every one of them will tell you, running out of charge, limited driving range, limited driving range and running out of charge. So how is that a better program for Americans? So Jennifer Granholm and Joe Biden want to convince Americans that destroying our planet with with fossil fuels needs to end and we need to as society start saying yes to electric cars but these same people overlook the very true fact the very the very true axiom if you will that producing the batteries for these electric cars literally is uses so many minerals and components extracted from the planet so many that you have to strip mine the entire planet to make two billion of these cars or you know, 200 million of these cars or whatever it is. The amount of car, the amount of components needed for these batteries, you'd have to strip mine the whole planet to get them. And the countries that have most of these components are in Africa. And guess where China went and made their investments? In Africa. So what country will benefit the most from the growth of the automobile battery? China. Does Biden and Jennifer Granholm know this? Do they know that China will truly benefit? Because they own the land or have access to financially to the land that produces these components for the batteries? I mean, do they know this? Because if they know this, then we have to ask ourselves, are they acting in the best interest of this country or are they acting in the best interest of China and investors in China? See, this is why Americans are being turned off by Biden. They can understand this because what I just explained is pretty simple to understand. I mean, when you look into electric cars, you understand the limitations they have, but then you look into how they make these batteries and understand where they get the components for these batteries are from countries that China has control over or major investments in. So they can get the access to these these components at a 
little to no cost and create the batteries. In other words, they're acting as the colonialists, okay, that we had in the 40s and 50s in this country. I should say in Af- the colonialists that were in Africa back in the 30s and 20s, 30s, and 40s, you know, the French, the Portuguese, the Germans, they all had, they the Europeans all had their cutout, if you will, of the African continent. And they were, uh, they were there extrapolating the minerals and the natural resources from these countries. Okay, well, that's all changed because these countries now have independence. So what China went in and did was China went in and said, here's some money to build a nice airport. Here's some money to build some highways. Here's some money to build a, 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 you know, a hydroelectric plant or this dam or whatever. And they make these massive investments in the infrastructure in these countries. China's actually done this and they've done this and they've to in, in payment back, if you will, they force these countries to trade with them in a way that is in China's best interest until the loans are paid back, which are very hard to pay back because of interest and they're just not they're not written upright. So these countries basically are are going to be indebted to China for years and years and years. And this is what people don't understand. I should say they didn't understand, but they're understanding more today, as I explained and our listeners here understand it. So who benefits from electric cars? China. Well, why does Jennifer Granholm and Joe Biden have electric cars as their solution for energy, their policy for energy in this country? Well, we have to ask the question, who's making money at it? Are they doing it? Are they making money? Well, we ask the question. As we ask the question, our listeners put it together in their heads. Okay. But uh, Americans, folks, are rejecting this. And and again, it comes back to I me. Mean, what are they rejecting? Well, they're rejecting, they're, they're rejecting a sagging economy. They got Joe Biden out there declaring our economies on the rebound and we have lowest unemployment in 70 years. The lowest unemployment in 70 years. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean a growing economy, folks, because Donald Trump showed us how to measure that. Let me show you. When we measure a growing economy, we measure it in employment numbers, the numbers of employed Americans. How many employed Americans do we have today versus then? We're down 12 to 13 million working Americans today than we were back when Donald Trump was president. We know that. Some numbers have it around 11, but whatever the case is, it's more working Americans that are now off out of the workforce, out of the economy. Than the state, there are more Americans than the state of Pennsylvania has in total workforce. Think about that, folks. All of our listeners on this show that listen to us that live in Pennsylvania, we have more people. We have we have fewer people today working in this economy than we have in the entire state. Of I should say, more fewer people working. More people not working today in today's economy than we have in total workers in Pennsylvania. That, my folks, is an incredible statistic. But this is not what you're hearing on the fake news. No, you're hearing the fake news tout the unemployment numbers like that's a measure of any. You know, they're not really getting into the consumer confidence drop. They're not getting into the consumer confidence being 50% lower than it was when Donald Trump was president. Now, they don't want to get into that. They don't want to get into the 12 million fewer working Americans that when, than we had when Donald Trump was president. We had 12 more million. We had 12 million more working Americans. In the economy. They don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the high crime rates or the high energy costs. They don't want to talk about that. They certainly they, they certainly don't want to get into the uh, the insane policies, but the public policies that that bring down the, the American workers that have taken down this country. I mean, the fact that the stock market has not grown in three years. They don't want to talk about that. 
They certainly don't want to talk about the expansion of the stock market from when Trump took over. See, when Trump took over in 2016, the stock market was about 16, and by 16,000, the volume of the Dow was about 16,000. Today, it's about 34,000. So it was about 33 when Trump left office. Today, it's about 34. So we really haven't had any real growth in the three years in the stock market. Why is that? Why is that? Why do we have more smaller banks with higher delinquencies and we have a considerable rise among delinquencies among larger banks or lending institutions? Why is that? You know, what's happening to this economy? You know, why are interest rates going up? Why are why is the credit card interest rate going to 22%? Now, what's interesting is back in the 70s when I was in high school, I remember the usury laws. Usury is when you charge illegal, unlawful interest rates. Well, back then, the usury laws were 25%. So 25%, anything at 25% or higher was considered usury, illegal. Well, credit card companies have just raised their interest rates to 22%. Think about that, folks. Of course, Biden doesn't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about how credit card companies are raising their interest rates to near usury levels, okay? They don't want to get into that. Why don't they want to get in it? Because, again, Americans are starting to see it. Oh, Biden's favorables are in the mid to low 30s. Trump's approvals are in the mid to upper 40s. Uh, in head-to-head matchups, Trump beats Biden very handily. Uh, in head-to-head matchups, Trump beats all of his Republican counterparts by 30 or 40 points or more. Okay, Trump is sitting at 61. There was a recent poll that showed that 61% of Americans believe that Joe O'Biden is incapable of being president. It was an ABC News poll or something. 61% believe that, I mean, it was a Fox News poll. Anyway, 61% of Americans believe, registered voters believe that O'Biden is incapable of being president. And I think 39% in that poll were people who should not be voted or are incapable of having the sensibility of being polled in the first place. I think everyone can honestly understand that Joe Biden should not and is incapable of being president. Don't miss that. You know, I mean, you're having right now, I mean, you know, what is what is a, a government and mediocracy looks like? Well, a mediocre a mediocracy, if you will, in Hawaii is what allowed a twenty two hundred acre fire to burn burn out of control and kill hundreds and hundreds of people, maybe thousands. I mean, they don't know yet. Certainly to, to destroy an entire town, okay. To incinerate an entire town, if you will, and ten, burn out of control for ten days when the great when the great Chicago fire in eighteen seventy one was put out with wooden sidewalks and wooden buildings and horse drawn carriages and, and and fire hoses that that had to be hand pumped to push the water out. Okay, at like a level a, a level a little bit less than a garden hose in your house at a pressure level less than what your garden hose produces. You know, these are things that we know, folks. These are things that we understand. We see this and, the you know, people see this and, and they, they understand this is what, what a mediocracy looks like. This is what happens when you elect incompetent people that, who put incompetent people in place. Okay, you have Jennifer Granholm thinking that electric cars are the answer for electric energy policy of this country. Okay, you have, you have them mandating, okay, COVID vaccinations not mandating, no, I shouldn't say that. No, they're not mandating, but recommending COVID vaccinations for everybody over six months old when they fully know that the adverse reactions, people being harmed from COVID vaccinations, they've learned the last three years, 
through all kinds of studies from around the world, they understand clearly that these vaccinations had an adverse reaction in people of about 15%, if you will, of 1% of all the people that had them for, so 15% of one of one percent, one seventh of one percent. Okay, think about that. Had an adverse, I should say, had an adverse reaction where they ended up in the hospital or whatever, some serious problems from from this vaccination. Yet, about you know, about a, you know, one one hundredth of one percent. Okay, of people who were not vaccinated. Okay, ended up in the hospital or dead. So you had a greater chance of suffering greater. <laughs> From getting the vaccination, but getting the vaccination than you did from not getting it from getting COVID itself. That's what we understand that. We understand that the vaccinations produce a higher risk to Americans than the COVID itself. We know that. So why are we recommending this for six months old and older? These are things we don't understand. But we can know that in the mediocrity, okay, they're gonna make some crazy reprobate reason or come up with some some lame brain reason why they think that's good public policy. And we on this show, we're going to call that out. I believe Americans know that that's not good policy. And they know that there's a very good likelihood that it's more to do about money and profiteering than anything else. Like it is in the, in the electric car business for China, money and profiteering. What's in it for certain people in Washington? You know, what do they have against Trump? What are they trying to do to Trump? Why are they keeping Trump why are they going after him? Every time they indict him, his favorables go up. As I stated in the last show, what's really amazing on this, and we understand this, is that Trump's approvals right now, I mean, he's literally picked up 10% with women, 15% among among um, uh, suburban women, okay? I mean, th- these are things that we know. I just think it's a compelling point. Trump's approvals are up, I should say, 13 points among suburban women, 10% among women in general. I mean, these are things that they know and they 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 understand it. And know, Biden is down 12 points with suburban women, down 11 points with women in general. Why? Because kitchen table issues are upsetting these women. They're looking at their bank, at bank accounts. They're realizing now that oh, Biden was going after their bank accounts with, with an army of IRS agents that just got shut down. I mean, these are facts that they understand. Trump is, is, I mean, here he is being indicted over and over, and here he is winning in the polls, and they just can't figure it out. So what they've done is they've set up all of his trial dates to take place within the windows of Super Tuesday and other key primaries so that they can affect him in these local primaries, these state primaries, these early primaries. They hope that it can take him out, but his favorables is so high. So then they're like, well, never going to take him out. I know. Let's let's try to get him off the ballot. So now they're trying to get him off the ballot in states like Colorado and New Hampshire. But it's not happening. They're not going to get him off the ballot. They can't get him off the ballot. He's going to be on the ballot. He's going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. And he's going to give suburban William women, he's going to give suburban women another reason to vote for him. Probably 10 more reasons to vote for him. Women in general. He's going to give them all but 10 more reasons to vote for him. Don't vote for these losing these losing Democrats. And Joe Biden's going to be mumbling and stumbling into his campaign as he as he is right now, looking very weak and feeble. And women in general are just turned off by it. Now there may be a lot of women that just detach from this altogether and vote for a third party anyway. I mean, we know that there's other third party candidates. Uh, I think Cornell West is one of them. He's running right now. He's and I think we we know we have. Um, 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 
Kennedy running right now in the Democrat primary, but there's likely going to be a third party candidate that gets probably four or five percent of the Democrat vote anyway. So the, these are reasons that it's likely the Democrats are going to get beat. And I think everyone sees it. I think they know it. I think and they're scared to death of Trump. They know if Trump gets elected again, Trump not only knows where the bodies are buried, but the proverbial statement of where the bodies are buried. But Trump also knows who needs to go. You're going to see Trump do things like, I mean, literally close the Justice Department up in Washington, D.C. and move it someplace. I think he'll do something like that. I think he'll fire everybody. He'll get in there, fire the, fire the director, fire all these incompetent people, and replace them with people that are public servants again. Get rid of these people that that had that that are part of the unelected lifetime elect, unelected lifetime holding jobs in the in the Justice Department. These people are unelected, but they hold on to lifetime jobs because they're appointed in the lifetime jobs by friends and, and acquaintances and family and, and government. It's all a who's who in Washington anymore, who knows who and, and whatnot. So these people are all involved in this, and Trump's going to sink all of that. They're afraid of that. They know Trump's going to go after them. There's a good chance that Trump's going to call out other people. I mean, he's going to call out, oh, Biden for what he's been doing. He's going to put investigations, he'll put on special counsels on this. And believe me, they'll, they'll, he'll show them what special counsel and all that. Americans have had it up to their eyes with Joe O'Biden, you know, I mean, going after Trump and these, and these, you know, the, the, these, these district attorneys in Georgia and, and, and Manhattan and, you know, everywhere else that they're going after Trump in ways that they just, they shouldn't be. And that they are. It's obvious election interference. Everyone sees it. It's election interference and people see it. They just can't believe what they're seeing with their own eyes. And then the mainstream, lamestream fake news is up there every day talking about what, what people ought to see. And they're talking about what they're trying to get people to see. So they're they're putting out there an image that they want people to perceive. I mean, they want people to see it. People are watching going, I don't see it like that. I don't I mean, people have turned off the fake news. People are not watching the news anymore. You know, it's interesting that Tucker Carlson has hundreds of thousands watching him right now in a podcast every time he puts one up okay and it's really an amazing thing he has more of a voice today than he had on fox news because in the course of a week he has millions of people seeing his podcast and you know you got others like megan kelly and others that do these podcasts out there former fox news people that are doing their podcasts and you combine them all you have millions of viewers millions and the facts are that they're putting them out there and, and the truth is getting out there they can't silence the truth Trump is going to end the media monopoly. He's going to end it. And believe me, he's got a plan to sink all of this. There'll be a one-term, this will be the most explosive one-term presidency we've ever seen. And he will reach out to people like Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin. He'll end this war in Ukraine. He'll reach out to these global leaders and he'll put the olive branch out there and say, hey, we're America's back. Let's do business. And let's make, let's, let's do business. Let's work together. Let's do what's best for both of our countries. You look out for the citizens of your country. I look out for the citizens of our country. Let's make sure our trade is fair for both sides. You know, it's been, there's a saying in business. There's a saying in business in a contract. When you have a contract with another partner in business, or another person, if you will, a, a contracted transaction, okay, each party has to recognize that they have gotten something out of the deal that's in it for them, something that they like out of the deal. Each party has to feel like they're that they've accomplished something in the deal. They have to achieve, they have to believe that they've gotten something in their best interest from the deal. Each party has to be satisfied with the deal and what they got out of it. As long as that's the case, we can do business. 
And oh, Biden's policy is to turn a blind eye on to turn a blind eye on on the bad trade policies that he's been enacting, and basically com- continue on with this this leadership void and letting these countries run roughshod over us every chance they get. Well, folks, we got to end it there. Thanks all of our listeners for tuning into ours today and being with us today on this beautiful afternoon, Saturday, global morning afternoon, right here on AM Radio, at 1180 WFYL here in Southeast Pennsylvania in Delaware Valley. Thanks for being with us today. See you next week on The Watchman, folks. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.